Hey y'all, this is Rory. And this is Rakaya. Thank you guys for joining us for the episode number three of Chasing, Chasing Dragons. Dragons. Today we've got a special guest, Yashirai Owens, filmmaker, fashion icon, and the first person I've ever met under the age of 50 that hand cuts their own film. He calls Brooklyn home, but Yashirai is the epitome of an international baddie, flying from cities across the world to discover more of the secrets and undisputed truths of life. He is about to fly to Paris to continue production on a film on James Baldwin, having raised $40,000 purely from contributions developed from great relationships. Yashadai has created films for a variety of brands, from Noah to a recent collaboration with Human Race, and previously worked in the fashion industry as a manager of Blue and Green in Soho and Conde Garçon. Join us for our conversation with Yashadai. Hello. Hi. What's up? Hey, okay, so I, what I was going to say really quickly, um, Rory, we probably don't have to do the intro and the outro. We could record that um, okay. after. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, just to introduce y'all, this is Yashadai. Um, hey. Known him for a long, long time. Um, this is Rakaya. She just graduated from Howard, met her in DC, DC homie. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to do this with us. For sure, like really, really appreciate it. You're like our first interview, so this is this. Oh, cool. okay. my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, love me even. Of course, I mean, you just have such a, you've done so much work, have such a big background in fashion, filmmaking, you know, walking, getting your steps up every day, like you are absolutely outside and definitely an inspiration. So I'm gonna go ahead and start us off um, with a question for you. But um, I just wanted to ask, and we wanted to learn more about your own creative journey. You know, you are um, a filmmaker. So how did that like, how did you start making film? How did you start shooting on film? Um, like what you were saying earlier about just like, I have this, I find a lot of comfort being outside, you know, knowing what's going on around me and being aware of, of my, like my surroundings and what's going on in like my city, my country, the world I inhabit. Um, it, it doesn't take a toll, but it has this effect on me in terms of, you know, it affects the world. And I guess I just try to be a, a constituent of that. And in result, I end up documenting it, whether it be on my phone or my you know, my other tools, my my cameras, um, which which play into the role of, of just storytelling. Um, I'm a storyteller. I, I tell stories and I can do that with words or moving pictures, still pictures, you know, instruments, horns, drums. Um, these are all tools or types of equipment that are kind of innate in all of us. Um, and I'm just, I feel really privileged to have this keen sense of what that feels to me. And I'm really grateful that a lot of people 
can relate to the stuff that I share, to my stories, because it's, it's truly personal to me. And for it to be relative to people who I don't even know across the world or those who I've known for six years, it's really beautiful because this, I don't mind sharing. Um, I know what to share for sure, but I don't mind sharing in a way where it's beautiful because there are people I don't know or I'll see randomly in the street and they'll, they'll, rem they'll gift me words of encouragement and give me uh, positive words and how like things that I share impact them in a really strong way. And I always try to share what feels right for me and rather than it being a performance where, if, where it's performative, um, you just lose the soul. You add too much scaffolding when you try to put too much intention to certain things. So when I keep it familiar to myself with anything, it's received best and it's translated best. And, you know, storytelling, it, whether it, you know, any artist can, is a storyteller, everyone tells stories, but it's, the role of the artist or the storyteller, like it, 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 the creative act is like fully complete when, you know, it's received, deciphered and interpreted, I think by the spectator. Um, so when I get these responses back from people, um, it's always really, really nice to know that they're always positive in a way that they, people tell me that it changes their lives or it has a positive effect on their lives. Um, and that's that's kind of with most of anything that I do, it's it's organic and it's, it's true. And I try to be as fair and responsible with what I share as possible. I think I, um really resonate with the the point of just being organic and being authentic i think that's like something that i hold uh, near and true or is it like near and dear i'm not good with those little sayings um but <laughs> very close to my heart um and, and i appreciate hearing other artists feel the same way because that's important there's a lot of art out there that's not really being intentional or not being authentic to our own experience um, so just hearing you share that is really, really nice. Um, I, I guess I would like to know a little bit more about like you, um, about your background outside of Rory's grand introduction. Um, if we could hear that through your own lens of how you view yourself. <laughs> For sure. Um, my name is Yashidai Owens. Um, when I'm in New York or in the States, I'm from Chicago. But when I'm abroad, I'm from New York. I was born in I was born in New York. I'm kind of from all over. I lived in five states. I've attended 13 different schools. I'm the oldest of 11 beautiful siblings. And uh, sheesh, <laughs> um, I. tell story I well 
I, me and Rory met, so I, I lived in five, I lived in the South quite a bit. Those are four of the five states that I live, I live in New York currently. I'm currently in, an artist that practices and lives in New York City. Um, but I'm based wherever, you know, whatever's necessary, wherever's necessary. I met, we, me and Rory met though in Chicago in my second, second high school that I, that I, that I attended. Um, sent, we attended Sen High School on the north side. And we met um, just, again, just organically. Uh, we just took a liking to one another, just like a sibling type bond. Just, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about what you were saying earlier about like the organic, it kind of like st- stayed with me a little bit. I was listening to this, this audio um, from Marcel Duchamp and he's talking about like good art, bad art, uh, there's art everywhere. And you know, they're just like the validity of how it still matters, like in the, in the way that, you know, like we have good or bad emotions, but the emotions are still, still emoting, you know, and they still have an effect on people. Um, I don't really do a good t- job talking about myself, and I, I just let I let other things speak for me, you know. Uh, perception, you know, there is never one when you look at yourself. I, I'm 24 years old. Um, I live in Manhattan, and I have this deep need to. I feel this deep need inside of me. There's, you know, to, to, to create things or if I have a thought, I like to make it tangible. I like it for it to live outside of just my head, which I understand isn't, I say it a lot and always I, when people come to me in, in ways where like, it's, it's like, it's like, how did this happen? It, it my answer used to be kind of implicit and I hope no one ever took offense to the way I would, you know, announce this thing, just saying like, just do it. But it's, those things are kind of really far apart, you know, thinking about doing something and then really spending the time that you have to, to do what you're supposed to do. Um, and that's just, it's, far, it's, it's like far further of a, process than just procrastinating it's not it's more than that it's i don't know what it is but um for me it's i always feel like a need to get things done i don't feel things are as unattainable as things may seem and it's like a unfortunately a big misconception i think most of us have been taught when we were young that these things are so far out of our reach than they really are um, I'm a doer. That's that's, that's me. <laughs> I love that. Um, no, I've definitely seen so much of your own um, active practice as an artist, which is um, very interesting because I know a lot of people really try to only define art or art making as something that you have to be doing 
every day in a very particular manner with a very, you know, um, rigid structure. But from what you're talking about, you know, how you're very informed by the environment you've been around, you know, all of the people that you meet, the relationship that you're able to build from that. What's the, what are the, what's the place that you would say really informs you and really informs like your desire to do the thing that you're supposed to do? Wherever I be at, at that moment, I really, again, not to even be implicit with my language, but it's wherever I'm at, I'm really sensitive to my surroundings. Sometimes when I'm, I visit abroad, the first day I kind of spent thinking about the history of the land I'm standing on. Um, things that I, the, my creative act, and when it's taken on, when it's when it's it's taken when it takes on this other aspect by the spectator, when you know they experience it, um, my, my, my stuff is really raw, you know, um, and that isn't always like received in this world of people who critique things. Isn't received, I think, always well typically um but everything that i it's it's a constant thing it isn't like specific to geography my you know immediate ge ge geographical or like just it is specific to my ge like immediate place it's not but i take references for sure from where where i come from uh I think a lot of that has to do with my moving around so much, being open to what's around me. 13 schools is, is a lot. Um, since I was in Nehi, I was doing that, taking the bus when I was like six years old in New York City. My mother would do cute things to, you know, not think back, think back on it, do cute things to kind of soften you know how like crazy that was for me like she would surprise me with she had to communicate me with me as i'm you know traveling so i'd have phones i was like seven eight before more before everybody else but it's how she knew like where i was at she would i would come home from school tired you know i, I just had a long day in first grade but not nah, like third grade and i would come home and i just she would surprise me with uh, this phone, but she, she, she'd call the number and the, my phone would be ringing underneath my pillow. I'm like, what's that? I got a new phone. I'm like, ah, ah. I'm like eight with this phone. Um, uh, these are, these, these are like memoirs that just stay in, these are their memories, but they play as memoirs in my head. I, I relive them quite vividly. Um, but my upbringing, where I'm, where I'm from has a, true sense of you know has does it, it affects where I, its trajectory of where i'm gonna go in terms of i have a strong foundational sense of a certain path and that's with all my siblings you know the culture i grew up in um the importance of this nuclear family in a way uh and just having strong foundation and I'm grateful for that 
but for sure, like wherever I be, I just, I, that's also a reference too. You know, wherever I'm at, I won't take it. Cause the same kind, like I noticed they're the same type of people everywhere. Wherever you go, people would think people are different, but it's the same type of people everywhere. That's why the world be so small. Cause it's, we nobody really as different as we like to make ourselves. That's why it's always weird when we aren't as collaborative as, you know, not we should be, but it's easy to collaborate with one another because we all the same. It's, it's the same type of people in the Upper East Side that is in like the 12th, 14th arrondissement in Paris. I noticed, I was like, it's the same people. I say, hello, some people say, hello. Some people, like, oh yeah. So I take no offense to whatever because I'm like, are oh, you the same as, what's the name? That's it. <laughs> um, I, it's so ironic because just hearing you talk about your experiences, like traveling to different schools and living in different states, um, once again, resonated with me. I, I could count, I probably been to around like 10 to 12 schools. Um, high school was, uh, the only consistent time that I had throughout my life being at one place. And just speaking about how you were talking about having a foundation and I think it's interesting kind of when a person has experienced a lot and been in a lot of different environments, I think instead of calling one place home, we start to kind of find like home in ourselves um, in a sense. And when you're thinking about home, do you, what what comes to your mind? Is it is it New York? Um, okay. Is it Chicago? Is it like, what defines home for you? My mother. Okay. That's, you know, that's where simple, it, right? <laughs> right. My mother was. It's that's home usually. Um, where I've lived, both I live in Chicago and New York. But I mean, geographically speaking, Chicago is where I like I spent my formative years growing up, the years that uh, transform one into this uh, this transformation that they, they go through aligns with this tr- certain trajectory of their entire lives. And Chicago had a huge, I, I feel like honored to be from Chicago, like privileged to be from Chicago. It's, it's super esoteric. Keep on it, go from, ahead. You know, it's so esoteric being from that city. Whenever I see folks who are from Chicago and I meet them elsewhere, it's probably one of the most heartwarming feelings because we all we all the same from the go like we all we all love each other it's, it's so beautiful like we it's like siblings and we won't let nobody try to do nothing like goofy or nobody play with nobody from there when we see you outside of the city it's like are you here uh love we gonna link up for sure. Like, ah, oh, you out here too? Where you from? Ah, uh, it don't even matter, but it's like, you from the GOAT. Like, as long as you really from the city. For me, at least, it's like, all right, I respect you 100%. I don't not respect nobody who isn't from there, but it's, again, it's like, you my, you my blood. Uh, Cause many, 
when I was younger, I didn't really go far outside of, I lived out west at least. I moved to Chicago when I was like 12, 13 from Chesapeake, Virginia. I went from wrestling to getting in like a fight the first week I moved to Chicago. Like I was wrestling, but like real recreationally in, in Chesapeake, Virginia. I moved to Chicago to try to get jumped. Like as soon as I get down out west and I'm just very different. Um, but you know, the people I grew up with in that my neighborhood, and we we just went, we just stayed in like a four block radius. I live off Sacramento and Lexington. Uh, I went to Bethune Elementary School on what, Albany and Polk. And I went to high school first freshman and sophomore half of sophomore sophomore year. I went to Collins Academy. I mean, it's like a only in the Lawndale community in Douglas Park, off Sacramento, like near Kansas. Chicago is, but I didn't leave those four blocks until I moved up north. But I was still going to school out west because I loved out west. I loved like that's where I was growing up. And then there was a shift in a few things. I moved. I started going to school up north. But it wasn't so, and that, that's when things kind of like really changed for me because like I, I went to my school out West. It was just, a, it was like a systematic thing where uh, like an impoverished neighborhood um, and just do the, again, again, just like systematic, systemic ways of uh, hierarchy and you know living conditions in the country I and mean, it's it, it, being a hundred percent black school in chicago on the west side of chicago isn't like wasn't the most uh like beneficial to like my learning or even safety sometimes um but as i'm like as i'm at my age now uh, and i go i return to the city i, I see so many of place that I didn't touch at all. I just went to Kenwood for the first time like, last month. Like, well, I didn't even know Kenwood was a thing. Like, I, I it sounds like boondocks. Like, I didn't know, like, I, I knew it was, but I never been. I was like, I thought it was so much further, but it's it was really attainable. A bike kind of helped me get that freedom too, but um, Chicago is definitely the land. When I see people who, because I know like a lot of people, especially from like out west or certain neighborhoods, they didn't leave these four block radiuses. So when I see them in different states, I'd be like, yeah, you took the real leap. I just, I just wanted to hug them, but it's funny. They'd be like, they don't want it. <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm open in that way. Uh, but I, I love Chicago. I'm super glad to be from that city. Chicago, um, you always know I have so much love for the city, for the bitty, you know. Um, definitely, like, feels like a privilege, like you said, to be from there. It's always really homey, always really nice being able to go. But, also, like, thinking about, like, that being, you know, America, you know, coming from East Coast, New York, Virginia, and then also being like in the Midwest, those are so different from where you're about to go, which is Paris, to complete your film, do production on uh, a piece about James Baldwin. Can you 
tell us more about that, like how that process has been for you? Because this is your, this is like your third time to Paris, fourth time to Paris. You be international, so I always forget. I mean, it's, it's like my, maybe like my fourth time, I think. Yeah. And you're about to go out there, you're about to do a whole film, like on film, cut, edit, everything yourself. Yeah, um, the, so the film, thank you, Sheesh. Uh, the film is called Jimmy. It's about Mr. James Baldwin, uh, an interpretation of what his life was like when he first moved to Paris from Harlem, New York City in 1948. It's a completely imagined sense of what his life was like there through my own lens, um, which is going to essentially be through his lens. And it's it's been it's been crazy, actually. I don't like to be too uh, I just don't like to just throw that word out too too much because not many things crazy. Maybe beautiful, but this is what's, what's crazy. Uh, I made a Kickstarter in in, in March, like, like crowdfunding, and I just calculated how much I think I would need to create this. Um, it's a new creative act for me and shooting with analog on film has always been it's my most familiar practice to tell stories um so that wasn't really the the biggest you know takeaway from it. it was really just you know that's doing this on my with help from many people but on my own i don't i don't have a producer or these things, I, I didn't go to school for it. So all the trust relies in myself. And I know I work really hard with what I do and I take my time. That's the thing with film, analog. It's, it's really, I have anything, I have no, I, I have to take my time. I have to be really intentional with most things that I do because um, It'll mess up if you don't if you don't take take care if you don't really care about what you're doing like it, it'll you're just waiting for the end result you might not always get that so you gotta be okay with what's happening in the in between or what what you get instead and that's helped kind of transform my way of thinking in a way where you know just because it it didn't end you know the end result isn't necessarily what you might have imagined it doesn't negate or even you know, avoid the creative act that you know, all of you've done. Um, where, you know, there's, again, I was saying with like art is beautiful or bad, it's, it's all in the playing field. But this film is gonna be quite different from anything else I've done because, well, it's in a different country. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the budget was something I've, I went to the library. I made this Kickstarter. Uh, but before that, I went to the New York Public Library for maybe three weeks straight every day from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I went over templates. I studied uh, things that I felt were necessary. I calculated costs for each versus the city I would be in. And thought I would look through demographics of where in Paris I'd be. I read, you know, watched James Baldwin films that you know people were generous enough to refer me to and books that 
get certain references about his life that are generally unknown to get an idea of really how to get a scope through this guy's lens. And after I felt I was ready, I made the Kickstarter for $40,000 and I made a video off this computer and I pledged for $40,000 and I had less than two months to do it, a little bit under two months. And on May 6th, May 4th, um, I got all my funding, all the 40,000 um, through, I went to Paris to promote it, promoted it on, on the streets. I had huge, bigger posters I would be pasting. I had these smaller ones in my pocket. You know, it's a little, there's the, there's Jimmy as a QR code. And I would give it to people on the street, on the bus, on the train, spark some conversation and we just talk. Um, and I'm really excited. I leave uh, really soon. And I just picked up all the film just now. I have like, I have 30 of these. Each is one roll. One roll is 100 feet. And I have 3,000 feet that I'll be shooting um, on my, my camera. Uh, it's it's really, it's, I'd be, a, it's, a, it's a lot, but I'm super, I've been putting, spending a lot of this time filling in the cracks so that I don't, I'm not overwhelmed while I'm there. Cause I'm the, my own producer. All that other stuff I'll worry about when it's done editing and scoring but right now i gotta focus on what's just get in there and filling in the cracks and translating french emails to english ones then typing in english and translating back in french you know uh, in addressing people as monsieur and, uh, finishing it off with toujours which is like my, my signature for everything is always why so it's toujours why. Um, it's it's beautiful and it's still going. That this creative act, um, and all the decisions that I'm making towards the execution of it are are formulated. But I'm open to what chance has to bring as well. Um, I'm not really looking for anything when I go. I'm open to everything, to roadblocks, um, but to you know, leading this, I'm really looking forward to the challenge of leading in another way. I, I, I'm the oldest of 11. I, I've got no choice but to be a leader. But in this way, in this directorial way, I'm really interested in translating, again, what I have in my head through my, my words to again emote uh, certain emotions, uh, feelings and, and, and scenes and which I don't feel would be technically hard. I'm just um, I'm just ready, I guess, just just to do it um, and ready for whatever has to come. You know, I, I can only respond to what what's 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 thrown for me. You know, not not to me, but everything that's happening for me, I'm just really grateful 
that I get this opportunity to keep telling stories and that people support me in ways as, as patrons to further it. Because uh, again, I think people see you just, just like a full circle. There's relativity to what I, to things that I, I, I have to offer. I'm not just announce, I'm not only announcing. You know, there's nothing wrong with announcing before you're doing stuff. You know, but if I'm announcing, it's going to be, I usually execute so far. And I, I want to continue doing that. I'm super grateful that, again, people, I'm honored that it's, it's, it's like, I'm honored that people invest in me in this way. Um, because it's really just a boomerang. What I, I receive, I put out. So it, it's really just it's cyclical, positive reinforcement loop. Where do you think that your um, inspiration for just your interest in James Baldwin came from? I'm like a huge James Baldwin fan. So when Rory told me that, I was like, what? Um, so yeah, where where is this coming from? It came, I was having a conversation with my dear friend, Giancarlo Valentine. We were talking about James and how prolific this man, Mr. Baldwin, I think I want to start just call, addressing him as that personally. He, he older, you know. Um, me and Giancarlo were talking in his apartment. Me and Giancarlo both were roommates in Harlem and I would visit him when I moved out of Harlem. He still stayed in Harlem. <clears throat> That's where James is from and we were just discussing. And we were wondering why there aren't any, it's well-known things about James, Mr. Baldwin. And I think Gio mentioned maybe because he was he was homosexual, um, and it's kind of ironic because the same reason why he left this place out of fear for dying because of you know his race or his sexuality, both actually. And again, Mr. Baldwin is, is such a prolific figure. He's probably one of the most quoted. I was talking to my friend Chaz earlier today and he's like, you know, people don't read enough to know much about this man, but I can't help but notice how much he was referenced in videos and screen recordings on people's social medias, you know, in 2020, by pe of all people. You know, when I started doing research, I really started getting to understand that people don't know anything about this man. He didn't know he was gay. He didn't know he lived in Paris. Someone confused him for Alec Baldwin one time when I was in the library. Um, and I, you give them grace every time. You say, oh, no, that's not wrong, Mr. Baldwin. Uh, James is no longer. But that's, 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 that's why I'm doing it, to tell this story. Um, a new lens, for sure. I'm not trying to... This is going to be interesting, I think, because it's it predates his fame and his activism, which America prompted him to be. He was just a regular guy who wanted to go to Paris. Not to, he didn't even go to Paris. He wanted to leave America, and Paris is happy to be. Uh, he actually like spun a, if I'm not mistaken, spun a, a globe and just put his finger. It was, it was Paris, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
just to tell the story of what what it was like for someone leaving, taking that huge risk of risk of faith to go somewhere else to find his identity outside of his own of his homeland. And to pursue his dreams of becoming an author and novelist. That's where it was abroad where he felt compelled to do so and safe enough and just left alone. So he was he always kinda wanted to be is left alone. Yeah. Well thank you so much. Um I feel like that everything learning so much about you and just having this understanding of the relationship that you're having with Mr. James Baldwin, you know, like the that cross generational, you know, cross temporal relationship that exists um, is really beautiful to see, like, as well, and the impact and his legacy living on um, through these works and through your intention of communicating about pe- to people about, you know, what you know of him, what what he could have been doing, what he should have been doing what we hope he was doing you know like so many people don't know right like those who who, who were our our predecessors we are we just live vicariously posthumously um we just gotta keep going yeah so well thank you Yashirai Owens really appreciate you appreciate appreciate y'all and everybody go check out his film. Come on, Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy sure, is coming. Sure. Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> for sure. Peace, y'all. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you guys for joining us for our first interview. Keep up with Yashadai at Yashucan on Instagram and be on the lookout for his new film, Jimmy, that will be coming out in the next few months. And of course, you can keep up with Chasing Dragons podcast at O Dirty Fashion on Instagram and odirtyfashion.com. Thank you guys for joining us.